Everybody, it's me. I'm back, Angie Hambrick, Associate Vice President of Diversity, Justice, and Sustainability, with our next edition of the Diversity Center Alumni Podcast. Just a reminder: the D Center Alumni Podcast is all about centering the voices of Diversity Center alums, um, alums who have some sort of connection with the values of the Diversity Center, which are critical reflection, perspective taking, community, and care or you know, folks from uh, minoritized and marginalized identities. So making sure that all voices are heard so that the PLU story is a complete story. So today I'm really excited to be podcasting, podcasting, recording, I don't know the technical terms, from the beautiful Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. This is Diversity Center alumni's second um, trip together. Our first trip two years ago was in Hawaii. And this year we decided to go international and come to Trinidad and Tobago. So I am here with 2020, 21, amazing alumni, staff, um, family of D-Center alumni who are here engaging with the community, having a really good time. So this edition of the podcast is focused on the experiences of our alumni who as students um, studied away in Trinidad and Tobago. So I have with me Shadeja Wilson. Shadeja graduated in 2019, and she studied away in Tobago for a J-term. So hey, Shadeja. Hey. Jonathan Adams graduated in 2016, and he did the semester program in Trinidad. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing, Angie? I'm How you here. doing? Hey, hey. Next is Quinessa Long. Quinessa graduated in 2018 and did the semester program in Trinidad. Hey, Quinessa. Hey, Angie. (laughs) 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 And finally, the OG of the group, I guess, is Nicole Jordan. Nicole graduated in 2015 and did the semester program in Trinidad. Hey, Nicole. Hey. Hey. So my first question is, Simple to me, but maybe complex to y'all. But why did y'all choose to study away in Trinidad and Tobago as students? Well, I'll say I did because um, PLU, as you know, is a predominantly white institution. And so it's not always comfortable being around people that cannot relate to you, don't look like you, don't get you, microaggress you all the time. So when I learned about the Trinidad and Tobago like study away program, I was like really excited because it's people that look like me um, that are probably far more welcoming than people in the American culture. And like I have like descendants from this area. So it's, I don't know. And I've heard so many stories from previous alum about how great it is, how great the food is, the culture, how it's so embracive. And that it was really like it sounded like a really attractive place of course black people got me at that but it sounded really attractive beyond that because as you know u.s is more of a individualistic society and you're kind of like for yourself but it's nice to come here and just like be welcomed with open arms and it just felt really homey yeah i like the way shy said it's like home i think 
being at PLU, being from Tacoma, going to PLU, I think one of the challenging spaces was, was culture shock. I'm going from Mount Tahoma, everybody's a person of color, it's community driven. We're really quote unquote woke in that sense of, you know, celebrating each other's cultures and going to a place where culture isn't really celebrated, but stuck in a cage. Like we want you to be in this little box um, so you can fit in. And when I was talking to different people, um, I think it was Avalon, Maurice came in. It was some decenter event that was happening. And I was like, oh, what's up? Like, where are they from? Um, and talking to them and really getting to know their story um, really made me think about how I can be, I can go there. Like, I can have a faculty member of color, like a black faculty member that really opened my eyes that over here in Trinidad and Tobago, the culture so vibrant. I was seeing pictures, hearing the stories, and I began to say, well, why not? Why can I not go? Um, I recognize that this white students always want to go to Oxford or let's go here, let's go to Europe. And I'm just like, well, I don't want to go there either. Um, so, and it just knowing that's an option because again, coming from a first generation um, family, like my parents were like, look, you just need to get the degree and stay your behind at PLU. Um, but I wanted to explore different options. And I think it was best really because it, you go in a cohort of people. You go, I went with Nicole um, and we went together. But having that sense of community already established going to Trinidad and Tobago and then being in, immersed is just wow. So I think what really pulled me in is this idea of being in a majority and not really having to worry about someone going to look at you because you're black or someone's going to look at you for having braids or it was, I was a part of this. Yeah, I think for me, um, something that Angie knows about like when I came into PLU is that my first community wasn't the D-Center community. My first community was like the athletic community. And though they were fun, um, I wasn't necessarily um, supported by them and like my identities and just kind of where I came from. What they were focused on and like what their experience at PLU was was not my experience. So then my sophomore year um, is when I actually got pulled into the D-Center more or maybe the second semester of my freshman year maybe the second semester of my freshman year, um, is when I got more pulled into the diversity center. Um, and what I realized when I was there is like there was people that I shared like experiences with and shared stories with, and I realized that you could build a lot of trust by being able to exchange experiences and stories with people. Um, and I felt just really like supported by this community, as I said. Um, and so when people like John or Nicole like were coming in to the D Center being like, you gotta go to Trinidad and Tobago, I was like, Okay, <laughs> I didn't really question it um, because these were people who like who I was like, well, they're cool. And like, you know, they wouldn't lead me wrong. Um, they would have already been like my friends and like guided me so much in my experience at PLU that I might as well just follow them um, towards like what they th say is good. Um, and then I didn't even really like sweat it or think about any other programs. I just kind of Googled where Trinidad and Tobago was <laughs> um, and then started working on how do I get my um, passport and everything else um, from there. Um, so really it was just like trusting the, the elders of the decenter community and just kind of like going with it. Elders. <laughs> yes. Dang. That's so we old. Yes. We old. Right. Our spirits are old. Okay, Nicole. <laughs> in the room. Um, uh, PLU's uh, study away programming was a huge reason why I wanted to go to PLU. I knew I wanted to study abroad. And uh, when I found out about Trinidad and Tobago, I was like, that's it. I wanted to be in the black and brown grand country. 
I wanted to be oh, out of the United States. I wanted to be in an English-speaking country because <laughs> I don't speak no other yeah. language. Um, so that was really important to me. And hearing from Maurice, hearing from Avalon, hearing from Candice um, was a really eye-opening, and it was a good experience to learn from them. Funny story. So my auntie, Bobby Richardson, was a counselor at Lakes High School where Quinessa was attending school. And her senior year, I sent a picture of myself half naked on the beach to my auntie. And Q, she so showed it to Q and was like, oh, my nephew's in Trinidad. Look, look. <laughs> and that's how Q, like, first introduction to Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. Um, very awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I wish it wasn't like that. But I, I'm glad that it was a touch point because it's still another I, a way of like, oh, like, you're there. You're actually doing it while I'm learning about what you and what my experiences are going to be like. So a, a couple of you mentioned the importance of being in black and brown spaces and how, of course, Trinidad and Tobago is vastly different um, culturally, ethnically, racially than home in the U.S. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, can you all talk a little bit about what it means to be a black person in this black ass country? We have some um, white folks with us for the alumni trip, and I'm also interested in hearing this from them. Like, what does it mean to be white in this black ass country? But for you all as black folks, what does this mean? What does it feel like? Um, what's the significance of being in a place like this? Well, growing up, it's always like you um, don't belong in leadership positions. You don't belong um in a place where you're in charge or running things. And so being in a space where the leadership, the government is all black and brown, where the store clerks are black and brown, not just the janitors, not just the street cleaners, but everybody are is black and brown. And so it's just like there's a space for me here and I can see myself moving in any industry comfortably because I know there'll be people looking like me and I won't be the odd one out. Um, yeah, that's so real. Like you get to be a level of unapologetically unapologetically black as as fuck um yeah it's incredible because it's the fact of knowing that in america there's a certain way that white folks like to do things they like to have agendas they like to have be type a and it just has to go one way or another but here you have to go with the flow like you have to you don't look at your clock every 20 minutes you don't you really are involved with the community um and they don't look at you as like you don't belong. They it's an invitation. And so being here and taking up and taking up the space, like it's so nice where I don't have to be apologetic. I get to say I get affirmed just walking down the street, hello, good morning, good night, good night. Like those items don't happen all the time. I, the purses get clutched. Um, people walk around, they stare at you, they look at you. And all my identities, I'm able here. I'm able to exist and be where I don't have to focus on am I doing being too black or am I being too much and so that to me is so like that's why I'm relaxed that's why I'm able to just wow I can breathe here rather than being on guard I think uh, I agree exactly what Nicole and John said it's so um because it's so like welcoming embraceive it's so familial it's like often inspiring because you see all these store own owners, everybody in every position looks like you. And so it's so relaxed and you feel like exactly what he said. You don't have to be on guard and 
don't know, you kind of feel like you belong and you don't have to explain yourself like you do back home in Washington or at a PWI where people are interested why you look this way, why is your hair that way? Like everybody gets it and it's so comfortable. But then again, being a black American in this culture, like it's like I try to immerse myself so much, but I still feel like I can't really fit because I wasn't socialized this way. And like, no matter even, even if I had family that live here, which, which I do, I still would not feel as, as completely trendy, no matter how long I lived here, picked up the accent or anything, because I wasn't like socialized this way. So, and even being back in America, it's like, what exactly is black culture that wasn't, you know, that wasn't rooted in oppression. So it, it's great being here. It's a comfortable space, but it's still like, when I go back, it's like, dang, I don't, where do I fit, you know? It's like at, at home, we, we definitely, I, I think we definitely have kind of this outsider status. Like, you know, mm-hmm. as black Americans, we, we are the outsiders. We, the, the nation and the structures were built not for us. But here it's, it's really interesting because we're kind of like these insider outsider mm-hmm. kind of folks where yeah. there's some of this insider status that we have as we're black there's some cultural things that are similar ish mm-hmm. um, that feel really familiar to me. Like the speaking culture is number one. Like I, I grew up in um, Milwaukee from a Southern family and we just, we speak. And when someone comes into a room, you're expected to speak. And we don't get that all the time in the Pacific Northwest in particular. And so coming here where people double speak to you, it's hello, right. good, <laughs> hello good, good, night, night, good night, good night, good night, good night. <laughs> <laughs> hello, good day. Yes. Like that feels really, that feels really good and feels like I'm an insider. But then you, like Shai was saying, there's still this outsider status because we are U.S. Americans and we, we fit in the culture, but this is not our, our culture. And so kind of, figuring out how to navigate those spaces where there, there are words that I want to say that are Trini and Tobagonian words. I'm like, do I, do I have, should I have access to this word or to this accent, that sort of thing? Is this mine to kind of claim as a part of myself? So it's a really interesting space, I think, for us when we're here. I think I've had to navigate that too in a lot of ways because for me, like, seeing reading history like seeing like how events have played out um is something that i connect to a lot so coming here and being able to just like know like oh the these people you know were slaves like from this place or like seeing that they have like history that they can trace just made me feel so like i mean and that sounds sad but like empowered because i was like wow like you have a story that i can like see and i can connect to and it gives me some more context about my life so i feel like more fulfilled by being here just by virtue of being around like Um, black people who have like that connection you know Um, but at the same time I think at least for me specifically like as someone who like navigates the world like in not I wouldn't say necessarily a position of privilege but being lighter skin like that also does give me a different context as to how I'm experiencing my blackness here right because I mean in the U.S., right, there's spaces where even though I'm black, you know, both my parents are black. I have to explain that sometimes. <laughs> both my parents are black. Um, I do, I mean, I navigate the world as, like, a light-skinned person. And so even in the U.S., though I experience blackness, I experience that differently than some people who have darker skin or darker tone skin, right? Um, but being here, like, darker tone skin people are, are centered. I mean, and though colorism and whiteness still shows up here, it's like, darker toned people like you see them everywhere and I think that's beautiful because it's like there it's like that history that's centered it's that excuse me 
those stories that are told, it's like, you know, those people who like get to navigate like freely and like, you know, create the culture here. And that feels like really beautiful. Um, and also like humbles me in a lot of ways to be like, look, like you're not gonna, just because you're light skin, you know, you're not necessarily gonna be the person who gets to take up the most like space in this like room. Um, and so that was like really powerful for me. Um, but yeah, I just, I had to navigate a lot um, reg relating to like my race where I felt empowered, but also like challenged. And I think in other identities as like being queer, you have to navigate so different in Trinidad and Tobago because they're not ready and they're not there yet with and that's just a lack of better terms but to receive it in a way of welcoming and acceptance so in one area of my identity I still have to hide it um and in America like in black America it's still a sense of like hiding it as well because when it comes to elitism and status in the black community you don't hear strong powerful gay black men or you don't hear you don't hear about it as much it's very hidden um and so here it's kind of the same way so it's hard to navigate those different things like yeah there's a gay club but these little stru these structures that exist don't always exude acceptance and welcoming it's just i'm glad there's a space for that to exist but also embedded in the community walking in the streets i have to put on a deeper voice or i have to do things differently and move have different mannerisms just so I feel safe. Um, so there are those different parts of safety being a black American where I have to really focus on, oh, I can't show up here like this, um, especially having dreads is what they're called Ross here. Um, everyone thinks I'm Rastafari and I'm like, no, and I'm also not a pothead. So let's like navigate this conversation differently. But when I tell that or explain that it's, Oh, you just have locks. Um, so it's a, a really interesting, like, parallel and also interesting na to navigate that space. Totally. I totally, that showed up for me, too, just because when, because I'm presented as, like, a masculine, like, person, right? And so when I showed up in spaces and people assumed I was male, then, like, my blackness was, like, you know, they could see me, you know, and I, I really, like, flew under the radar. But if I showed up and people weren't sure how to identify me, then I definitely felt like a little bit outcasted. Um, I, I've told people before, like me and, and another friend on the trip, like were, I guess, like identifiable as like queer or gay or whatever. Um, and so it, within our first week, um, that kind of showed up in our interactions with people where people were really like, did not really want to talk to us or like engage with us because they were like, I think just a little bit confused, you know? Um, and we were pretty like, very like sure that that was connected to like our queerness um and so we wanted to go home <laughs> we were like very much like this we don't feel like good here and we don't want to spend five months or four and a half months in a place where you know people aren't going to talk to us you know um but like eventually we were able to kind of also like check our privilege in a little bit in a way because we're used to going to school in like this artificial environment where yes. it's like people are like you know like they know all of the words to say and they know mm. all of the performances right to be mm. like oh you're accepted we love you here you know so we got used to that you know but then going to another country we were expecting that same sort of like quote-unquote acceptance you know and though I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. also everyone should be treated like as human as a person and talk to. It also is like something like Trinidad just celebrated their first or second pride, right? Or their second one's coming up. So it's just like 
we had a we had to also clue into like some cultural things that were new to us uh, and though queerness like was a struggle there was you know also things we had to learn about our own identity and acceptance and navigating that in a new space so i think it for me what i'm also hearing is that you know i take um students here for j term and i've taken like four or five different groups and the students who come with me are predominantly white if I have 18 students 17 are going to be white and they're going to be women and it's it's always you know the first week after they take their first tour in Scarborough they say oh my god Angie oh I know what it means now to be a minority right Mm -hmm. because they are white folks in black spaces no you don't and then we have to talk about like just because um compositionally you are in the minority doesn't mean that white supremacy hasn't followed you to this place or that white supremacy stops at you know the borders of the United States and so talking about how white supremacy heteronormativity queer antagonism um, massage noir all of that stuff is in the air it just looks different and so I'm hearing that of course in a place like this for us in this black ass place that we keep saying we still have to navigate these systems because they still exist and they're still with us i think an example of that the colorism here and how the perpetuated whiteness uh, we went to it's a fet a fet is a party and it was the tribe which is one of the bands that plays at carnival um, all the models that were up there were light skin um and not one dark skin model um they again they hire different models from everywhere so like brazil hollywood but it was the fact to me that again this black ass space everybody around us is black and we dark skin <laughs> um and we look up there and it's just interesting that we're celebrating this culture we're here cel- and we see this dissonance of well this is what we want to show like this is the show light skin skinny this certain image and when I think about when folks say, oh, my goodness, I'm a minority, I'm like, no, you're not. There's still the, this place is still reaching for a place to look like and be like you. And you don't recognize the impact of that statement to folks of color. Yeah, whiteness is still the ideal, no matter yeah. what. It just reminds me of a time in our trip, like probably the middle of like uh, the semester that we spent out there where um, so. For context, we lived at this place called The Lodge, which was probably, what, five-minute walk from the University of the West Indies, where we went to school. Um, and there's, like, a street that we had to go up, right? Um, and it was in a residential neighborhood, so there's, like, people around just living their everyday life. One of the girls on our trip, a white girl, of course, <laughs> um, one of the girls on our trip was walking um, to school, um, and she, like, noticed that someone was, like, behind her, a black man. It's a residential neighborhood. It's the daytime, so I don't know why that would be strange. And we're in Trinidad and Tobago, <laughs> um, but she was she noticed that you know he was behind her, and that like I said, it's a five minute walk. He was following her up the street. She didn't assume that he was going to school with her. He just ass- or she just assumed that he was following her, and so she started walking faster and faster and faster, and then eventually started crying, and came back to the lodge. Like you know, she went to her class, whatever. Came back to the lodge. Um, and was like, you know, this person was following me. Like, you know, I think he was going to do like X, Y, and Z. She goes the next day, same situation happens. So, of course, she's scared because she's like, the same guy, I think he's following me. 
It turns out that he happened to be a security guard at the school. <laughs> it's just the next day he had like on a uniform or something like that, right? Um, and so it's just things like that where it's like, even though you know we're interned at in Tobago, there's still these like racialized, you know, things that are happening. Um, even for people in our program who claim to be so woke and so you know, like in tune with what was happening, they just assume the worst about these people, you know, that we're living with who sp- we're taking up space in their neighborhoods, yeah. and you're gonna assume that they're out to like harm you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're going the same place, you know. So the microaggressions are real from the white folks that come on the trip. I don't know if you remember, Nicole, when uh, we were in the maxi, which is kind of like a taxi, coming from Parliament, um, and this girl was like, oh, my God, I'm starting to look like you. I'm getting tan. Mm. Like, girl, I'm getting tan, too, and you ain't never going to be black. Mm. <laughs> it was just like, you remember that? Yeah. Like, it's just those small instances that like it made an impact on me, so it's not that small, and it's the fact that you really fixed your lips to say that um i'm tight i'm dumb tight still so i mentioned in the intro that this is our second alumni trip first time we went to hawaii and now we're here so as alumni uh decent alumni plu alumni why did y'all decide to come on this trip because i knew it was going to be alumni i loved it the first time second time i came and I knew it was gonna be with people that I love being in community with, that I'm friends with, family with. And I just knew it was gonna be a great group. I knew how to have fun. <laughs> and like was respectful of the culture, knows what to expect, had some knowledge of it, but also open-minded for the folks that have not been here. And it was a lot of people of color, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Originally, I was hoping my sister would be able to come with me and I could show her around, but unfortunately, she wasn't able to come. But it still was a good opportunity to um, bond with my fellow alumni, to um, explore the island and um, reconnect with some old friends um, here. And I thought it was a good opportunity because we would be doing new tours and new um, learning excursions that I had done, but it was a new, it, it felt new and it felt different. And so I, I wanted to have that uh, that experience again. It's just dope coming with a whole bunch of people of color because the program is like, like, it's just dope. Like everybody gets excited about everything. And I'm just like, yo, where were y'all at? Like a couple <laughs> years ago when I went, right. uh, because we had people that would sit in the room the whole time. Right. Or, yo, if we could have designed our trips and who would come with us, it would be this group of people. Facts. We're hella diverse. <laughs> we're hella cool. There's different people it from different backgrounds. No homework. No homework. Ain't no homework. No homework. <laughs> we did read a book together. We did have a common yes. reading experience. We did. Okay. A small place. We did. I'm just saying. But it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did mama move. <laughs> but I think. Like, so for my experience, we made, um, we re- not made, we read the book, at, what's it called? A Small Place. Uh, we read the book, A Small Place by Jamaica Kincaid. Um, and a couple years ago when we went, we read it at the same time. And the dichotomy that it sits between uh, the group of white folks that we were with, with the sprinkle of people of color, it was like catering, the whole conversation was catering to them 
um, being defensive and uncomfortable with certain phrases and quotes that she said. For example, one that will always stick with me is when Jamaica was talking about the pasty um, big white people walking in the sand. And I was like, girl, like, and when I read it a couple years ago, I was like, yeah, I'm tired of them too. Uh, <laughs> and now, like, in reading it with them, it was like, yo, wh- when do we get to have a voice in this? Like, when do we mm-hmm. get to talk? Um, and this time, I was able to fil- facilitate that conversation, and it was so rich. It wasn't, it was people of color calling out their own d- defenses when it came to that. It was more engaged and put together and then when we're on this trip we knew what to expect we knew how to respect a culture even though um, a small place was talking about antigua Mm -hmm. we were still able to apply what jamaica kincaid was talking about in um here at trinidad and tobago thank you um i came on this trip um because i wanted to show my mom what i had experienced Mm -hmm. um so my mom's here on the trip with me fortunately after a lot of trials and tribulations (laughs) (laughs) pause her mama got her passport on a wednesday we left Saturday. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but we're here. <laughs> but they're here. But they're here. Right? Right here. <laughs> hey, we were on a hope and a prayer. We paid for the whole trip. Sorry, Ma. <laughs> and we didn't get our passport till Wednesday. But we're here, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I just really wanted to show her just some of the things that I experienced. It was my first time like coming out of the country when I came to Trinidad and Tobago. So that was a pretty formative uh, experience for me. So I wanted her to just be like a little you know, have a little taste of what I, you know, have in my mind um, and something that was so important to, to, you know, my PLU experience. So that's why I came. So it's only day three, uh, day three of planned activity. So um, we haven't done everything quite yet, but I'm wondering um, so far, what's, how has your experience as an alumni, as a returner been different or the same or similar than when you were a student? I feel like less of a tourist because places are familiar, people are familiar, and I know how to like <laughs> act. <laughs> but returning, yeah, I feel like way more familiar. Like I, I don't know, I feel like I'm actually kind of starting to belong. Like I could fit into this place. And yeah, I just hate feeling like a tourist, but it feels good to be back. Oh yes, and I also feel, um, I don't know, kind of more in tune with the people here, especially the people that I've gotten to know, like our drivers and just like the locals and friends I've made here because we know the lingo, we know like, you know, the mannerisms you pick up on it. And I also feel like, I don't know, with this group, I feel like more, like less of a student and more of just like, you know, part of a group, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know, more free, (laughs) more free. And like, I don't know, kind of, um, I don't know, it's like really flat, like plateau-like, as far as like, you know, teacher and student type of relations and I don't know, it just seems more, in- I'm not gonna, inclusive, I guess. And like the say and what we do and I, I guess something like that, yeah, if that makes sense. When I first came as a student, um, the group was really white and that was it was hard to navigate throughout the country because we had to do things all together and so people would always see us as a group and treat us like a bunch of tourists and Mm. not always welcoming and kind of frustrated with us and mostly with the group members for their behaviors um and so traveling with this group people 
are there's a lot of people of color and the white people here know how to act too um <laughs> thank you <laughs> what do you mean by that we giggle I mean, but they're not trying to perform they're not trying to be black they're in their whiteness and experiencing the country and, and engaging with the people yeah. and not apologizing for it but also not asking for um favors mm, accommodation yeah yeah i think i think for me um I feel very different this time around. I think the first time I came here, I was so like uncomfortable and so out of my comfort zone. Like I said, I, I never. I grew up in Tacoma, like Lakewood area. So like going to PLU, I was 20 minutes away from home. So being like somewhere where like the Wi-Fi is bad, like you know what I mean. I couldn't really call home. My mom wasn't there the first time around. Like that made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, but also like I was uncomfortable in a lot of my identities too. You know, um, like I'd come like been very conscious in like my blackness but like my queerness like I had to learn a lot of things about myself and then being both of those things at once um I just was like uncomfortable like internally and then externally <laughs> um just being in a new space uh but this time around I just feel so much more like comfortable like I know a lot more about who I am and don't like feel like I need to apologize every time I go into a room um and I feel like I kind of know like apologize for myself and for the space I'm taking up and then apologizing for like being a tourist. Like that's all the things that I was doing last time. But this time around, I just feel a lot more just like appreciative. Um, I just feel a lot more like in tune. Um, and I feel a lot more like I'm really like enjoying myself. Um, and I, and I th think I feel more thankful this time around because I'm like, wow, I never thought I'd get to like relive some of these things mm. again. Like it was already so special the first time. So then to be back being like, wow, like, I've been here before, like, this feels wonderful, um, and this place was so important to me, like, developing um, into who I am now, so I think just being back this time just feels, like, really special, and I feel a lot more just, like, confident, and just feel a lot more, like, enjoyment. Yeah, I'm, I got tears in my eyes, low-key, reflecting, I'm a punk ass, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I think, for me, it was a really, like, when I first came here, I was so scared, um, so many new transitions were happening, starting a relationship with my partner, we're still together, you know, five years plus, what's hey. up? Um, <laughs> just shout out. Uh, uh, shout out to Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Tyler. Uh, he coming in January. Anyway, um, but so many transitions, like getting, like being comfortable in my identities, going to a black ass place, like learning from a black professor who is dope, Dr. Jeanne is just dope. Um, really engaging in dance and doing all the things that I wanted to do that I didn't think I could do. And like coming from low income family, my parents doing everything that they can to put us through, like gr help us grow up and put us through school. I never thought like I could be out of the country and study at a different university and do really well um, academically and being here um, and make connections and make friends. Like it was so powerful and now when I look back it's that I get to see like being here now the impact I've made on people here on my friendships and this is like a couple years later this is not last year the year before this is a couple years later and the same friends I still talk to from then I still have contact with my professor I had um the people Candace I'm still talk like we're still connected um who lives in Trinidad and went to PLU it's just these relationships are so strong and it just makes me think like 
wow, I have people that are literally like a block or two away from me. He don't see me. But as soon as I touch this island, they will drop everything that they're doing to see me. And so really defined what relationship building meant for me. It really defined what service looks like for me because even though we're here, uh, our, during the semester we had a service um, component to it. And coming here now, I came a little bit earlier to run a 5K uh, with a local charity here because the relationships I've made are so deep that I'm able to give back in a way that I didn't think I could. So it's just really, you know, great just to know that a place exists where I can just go back and be from and just have that familiarity. What is one thing that you want listeners to know about Trinidad and Tobago? Trinidad and Tobago. (laughs) (laughs) You got to see Malik's folk performance. If you come to Trinidad and Tobago, you should definitely go to Malik Folk Performance Group. They are excellent. They tell you the whole history of the country um, and through dance and art, and they are very engaging. It's a beautiful experience. Make a friend. Come here and make a friend. Talk to somebody. Move out of your comfort zone and make a friend because you get to come over their house and eat, and I know y'all like food. So, th- like, make a friend. We always talk about um, at PLU, like, how relational we are. Like, we're in a, a relational campus, and it's about who you know. Y'all don't know what relationships are until you come here. Like, this is a yeah. really, this is a for real relational place. Like, people know us. They know who we are. They know every time of year when we're coming. They expect us. Like, it is a truly, like, reciprocal relationship that you can build with folks here if you choose to. And they take care of you on top of that. They take good care of you. Okay. I have not been hungry once, y'all. Okay. I think, too, like, come here not, like, needing to, like, teach anybody anything Mm -hmm. or, like, be receptive to, like, learning. But also don't come here expecting to learn something. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's just, like, come to Trinidad and Tobago to just, like, be in a place that's very different than, like, where you grew up. Um, and like be I really know how I'm trying to say it but just like just come here and like you know like be open to the fact that like maybe everything you know or like everything that's your truth like may not be the truth here (laughs) and like that's actually really cool Um, so come here just like being relational like as you said being open to like eating really good food and stuff but also like you know just like come here and be like uncomfortable in the fact that like the what we've been told our whole lives about like you know either ourselves as people of color or like white people have been told about themselves like may not be true in different countries something about trinidad and tobago that people should know is that you can i don't know definitely relax especially being a person of color you don't have to really i don't know think too much about what that means here i guess well in a negative sense. You don't have to be, um, you know, nobody's paying attention to you because you look like out of the norm unless you with a whole bunch of white folks, but ain't nobody paying attention to you. You can relax and like literally just go with the flow. There's no time constraints, like ever. Especially if you're open-minded, food's bomb, and you can just relax. So that draw brings us to the conclusion of our podcast. If you all listen to Decenter Podcast, which you should, alumni podcast, um, we always end with shout outs. So since, since it's relational and since people take care of you here, I have to shout out 
Candice Mingleshea yes. for hooking us up yes. in Trinidad with Exquisite Tours. Exquisite. Um, and our driver, Raja. 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 Um, and here in Tobago, we have to shout out Victor and Kester, who are our, our, our drivers yes. and yes. to organize um, most of our outings. So shout out to them. So who y'all shouting out? I'm going to shout out my homie Shaq, who uh, drove like up to Pac's house just to see me for like 30 minutes on our last morning there. Um, we just had some conversation and he was my fir- the first friend I made in Trinidad because he walked up to me my first day at UE and told me he liked my shirt. <laughs> and then I saw him on the Ave like two days later and we have not stopped being friends since then. So thank you, Shaq, for showing me some love. Yeah. Shout out to Taki because last time I came here, she like rode the bus all the way from Charlottesville two or three days in a row just to show me around for heritage and also shout out to mr officer who will be meeting us at jade monkey tonight thank you oh gosh (laughs) gosh. (laughs) just now um i would like to say a shout out to khalifa um khalifa Khalifa comes through every time we come to the country Mm -hmm. um when i finished my 5k running in 100 degrees which i'll never do again um, she was there at the finish line to greet me. And Don't I tell us you ran a 5K no more, okay? <laughs> we know you ran a 5K <laughs> right. in Trinidad. They're just haters. They're just haters. <laughs> he that didn't running. run it with me. Nobody wanted to like run with me. But it was just nice that she was there um, to greet me at the end. Um, also want to give a, another shout-out to Candice for uh, just being great with hospitality, um, showing me around Trinidad again. Like It was just great liming on the beach and hanging out. Um, and also a shout out to Angie who really worked Thank and put you. this Angie. shit together Angie. for all of us. Um, second year, like this is the second, uh, diversity alumni, um, trip and we have more to come. And I'm just so thankful and grateful that you put a lot of energy into this and we can yeah. see the yield. So yeah. thank, thank you. you. Yeah. If Angie organizes it, people will come. Yeah. <laughs> people will show up. Thank you. The clout. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Joel. <laughs> That's all. Oh, also shout out to Oda, always taking care of us. Oh, yes, yes, Pax. Yes, Pax. Thank you. As as y'all see, it's all about relationship. It's all about community. If we come back again in another couple years, we probably will be shouting out the exact same people, plus a couple more because of those relationships. So, thank you. Um, shout out to our engineer and producer this time, oh. Thomas. Yes, 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 yes He's one of those white Big folks man. who get it, who's right. on the trip this hey, time. Yeah. Hey, Thomas. Yeah. Shout out to Lay Smith and the entire Marcom team Marcom. who continues to make it a priority to center our voices in the narrative of PLU. Yeah. Um, and shout out to D-Center alumni on this trip. Like, we did it. This was two years in the making. We're here. We're deep. Um, and it's deep. a, it's a deep. Yeah. And it's a great, great group. So um, tune in for our next podcast. Thank you all so much for Thank taking you. time out from the pool yes. to do this with me and, and have this chat. It was really good, really rich. Thank you so much. And talk to you all next time. Shout out 2018. (laughs) 2018.